Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Hi guys, Nerdist Podcast number 340. All right. I'm on the road now, officially. So uh, come out to Caroline's uh, and see me in New York. I will be there the 6th through the 8th of April. And then after that, I will be in Madison, Wisconsin, and then bopping around to other cities like Austin for the Moon Tower Festival, and then Denver and Portland and D.C. and Baltimore and London on May 15th, and I believe the 16th as well. Uh, and then in Utah later on. So go to Nerdist.com slash calendar. Come on out. And uh, if you watch Nerdist TV show this weekend and Talking Dead, thank you. I mean, even if you watch them individually in one and not the other, I still thank you. And if you thought about it but you didn't do it, thanks. Uh, I'd like to thank for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast, LegalZoom. LegalZoom uh, has been serving people for over 12 years. You can get powers of attorney, personalized wills, living trusts, real estate documents, and more. And they can help maintain businesses with incorporation and LLC filings, trademarks, copyrights. And uh, they have great customer service. LegalZoom is not a law firm, but they can connect you to an attorney and provide self-help services at your specific direction. For even more savings, enter Nerdist in the referral box at checkout if you're a parent or entrepreneur. Don't wait! Call or visit LegalZoom.com and protect what's yours. Speaking of protecting what's theirs, uh, the uh, this is actually not a bad segue. Uh, the, the the guest on this podcast has been on so many fucking phenomenal things. Uh, I met him doing House of a Thousand Corpses, and we've just been pals over the years. And I've really enjoyed watching his his success. He won an Oscar for a short. Uh, right after we did House with Thousand Corpses. It's like you work with someone, you're like, oh, that guy's really cool. Hey, why are they in the Academy Awards? Oh, shit, they just won an Oscar. That's Walton Goggins. Uh, and then he's been on just some of the most amazing stuff. Like, uh, he was on The Shield, uh, he was on Sons of Anarchy, he was in Django Unchained, Lincoln. Um, he's now currently on Justified. He plays Boyd Crowder. And he's a friggin' good actor. And, uh, and and a great dude and and again a lot of these podcasts are me scheduling time to catch up with people that I haven't talked to in a long time did my voice just crack? I think my voice just cracked <laughs> first those weird hairs and now this uh, but Walton is uh, uh, is a delightful man and I'm glad we got a chance to sit down and talk it, it makes me think hey, maybe I should hang out with people socially 
what would that be like? What if it wasn't just work-driven? Like, I actually just called someone and said, hey, I'm not going to record this conversation. Let's just go have a meal and talk about our lives. But then if it gets really good, I'll probably want to turn the iPhone microphone on and capture something. You know, some of this is documenting things. And then that way there's sort of like a uh, an, an audio diary of the last three years of catching up with people and getting to know people. So it's not entirely crazy that I'm doing this. Uh, but I, I believe this is a particularly good episode. So here you go. Nerds Podcast number 340 with Walton Goggins. Now entering Nerdist.com. Got tonight. Who needs tomorrow? We've got tonight, prayer. Why don't you stir? Okay, so Walton Goggins has gone to the end of the hall because we did not want to start talking until the show was a f- was recording, so that we wouldn't waste an ounce. Am I being recorded now? This is it. We're in it. And We're I appreciate it. the fact We're that... It. We're in it. I appreciate the fact that you took the lead on that, and you're like, I don't think we should start talking until the podcast starts recording. Hey, look, I'm just protecting your audience, man. I want it to be fresh. <laughs> I want this to be fresh for It's going to be fresh. Right out of the bag, we're not going to have to repeat things we talked about and make it seem At new. All. We could repeat a hug that we had, a physical manifestation of our friendship. That's right, but no one would be able to hear that. So no one would be able to hear that. So we're hugging right now. We're, this is a long, awkward hug. I, 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 didn't, I wanted to let go at first, but now I don't want to let go. I'm just going to let it happen. We can share the same mic. This is re- <laughs> I'm just holding a mic behind your back. And uh, we'll just do a hug cast. We'll if just it was do a Boyd little... Crowder, that would be a knife. <laughs> or Shane Vendrella would be a gun. It's good to see you. To see you I, I don't, you know, we first met doing House of a Thousand Corpses. We did. Which you know, but I'm telling the people from the podcast. And so, you know, I, I've, we don't, I mean, I don't think I know you, I don't really know you super well, but we've been pals and acquaintanced for, you know, 13 years or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think if you're, if you're in a Rob Zombie movie, man, you, you bond because you spend, <laughs> you know, the better part of a month running from people that want to kill you. So, uh, in really horrible uh, yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was, it was really interesting. I mean, everybody kind of had their own thing on that movie and, and we, we talked, but we didn't have a chance to really kind of hang out. And you do a movie in Los Angeles, then you're not on location. And you were in different scenes because you were a different, you know, like I was, I was the lead. Pro- you were the lead. No, no, Chris. I was one of four. But I, I was one of four people who with are, Rain, with right? Rain, Rain and Aaron, right? yeah, and Rain and Aaron and Jen, Justin, yeah. and um, and so we were we had our own little cluster because that was we did all our scenes together. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then you were off. I was I was a cop. I was I was a police officer. It was funny, man. I had a, you were I had with a really, Tom. Really good time. What was that guy's name? Yeah, Tom. He was oh God, really was, funny. He's really funny. He's a wonderful actor too. He's a wonderful actor. But I, I had uh, really really big sideburns. Yep. Those we kind of yeah kind of grew those out for a while. But you know the thing. I mean, there were so many things about that experience. I don't know how you felt with that experience, but you know I did not know what to expect. Kind of meeting Rob Zombie. Yeah. Like really, I thought okay, I need I need some money. <laughs> like, I really I need a little money. It's a Rob Zombie movie. I don't know Rob Zombie. Yeah. Sure. Okay. It's six weeks. I work a day a week. 
I love that schedule, Great. and I'm getting paid for six weeks. You know what? I'll do it. I was twenty. I was twenty six years old. Oh wow. Twenty. Well, twenty seven. I mean, maybe I was twenty eight. I don't. know. It was like thirteen years ago. Yeah. Chris. It yeah. was A long time. It was ago. a long time ago. Well, yeah. I, I but then I showed up and met him. And knew, like, in 15 seconds, it's like, wow, that dude, Rob Zombie, is special, man. He's a good, he's a great dude. Well, I, the reason that I was in the movie is because I've been friends with Rob since 95. Have you really? Yeah, and yeah. so it, no one would have ever cast me in a movie. He just, he basically just wrote the part for me and put me in it. Because I don't, I'm, ne- you know, I never auditioned for film. It's not like, I just don't do, you know. And so he, it was because, he called and he was like, hey, I think I'm going to direct a movie do you want to be in it? And I was like, sure. Uh, so that's that's how I got involved in it. Wow. So I've known him for a long time, and people always think, like, I oh, was a crazy rock star. Like, he's one of the most kind of even-keeled, cool, <laughs> cool, insightful. Even, smart, insightful. He knows his audience. Yeah. He's so art- visually artistic, his kind of visual acumen. Yeah. Like, how, how he takes... I mean, because I, I had never gone to a Rob Zombie show, you know, before this. Now yeah. I've gone to five. And, like, seeing his audience and, like, the journey that he takes him on during his concert, because it's so visual. You know, there's so many set yeah. pieces, so many things are happening. It's the same way that he directs a movie. There was one shot in particular. I don't know. It's it's still one of my the favorite shots that I've ever participated in in any movie. And... Yeah, the 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 gunshot to the, the like head, the, the thirty second long. Yeah, it was more. It was two almost two minutes. Oh wow! It's almost two minutes. It's the length of this entire song, and it was so cold that day. And there were rocks. I had like you know like sit on my knees, like like I was on my knee, and I was hurting, and it was cold. <laughs> there was a gun to my head, and and he kept going back, and he kept going back, and I was like you know scared. It was like hyperventilating. And, and I thought, man, if he does this one more time, I really am going to die. <laughs> and, it, and it blew my mind. And, and I have, I don't know, like I'd say three big writer friends of mine, Academy Award nominated writers. That's, that's still one of their favorite scenes. Really? One guy in particular, Dan Waters, who wrote Heathers mm-hmm. and Batman or whatever, like the list goes on and on. He played that on a loop in his house. Oh, wh- before I met him. And it was like, wow, that's cool. It's 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 a it's a cool scene cuz this, you know, like the the juxtaposition of like the the song versus what's going on. Yeah. But then the song just ends and it it just <laughs> just keeps going and going and going and going. Unbelievable, buddy. That's called tension. That was a that was that was a fair amount of tension. And then after not too long after House of a Thousand Corpses, watching the Oscars one night, Walton Goggins. What? And then you fucking win an Academy Award for a short film. It's crazy, man. It was a crazy experience. You know, I, we, uh, my, my partners and I, uh, Ray McKinnon and, and his wife, his late wife, uh, one of my best friends, Lisa Blunt, um, both actors, and, and Lisa was nominated for a Golden Globe for Officer and a Gentleman, mm-hmm. been around forever, and Ray had, had been around forever, at the, at, even at that time. You know, he's a, a real character actor, and... And and he um, had written this this short film, you know, and and we he said, would you would you be in it? And it was kind of after the Apostle. I was like, ah, well, you know, uh, yeah, okay, sure, I'll read it. And and then I, I read it and was just blown away by it. And it was like thirty five pages long. It was really a featurette, not a not a short. And um and you know during the during a, the discussions that we had, kind of leading up to it. 
we found out that we had a lot in common, you know, and he was an old friend of mine. I'd known him since I was 16 years old. And, uh, and, and we both wanted to, to, to make movies. And so they kind of invited me in, um, and we formed this company, Ginny Mule Pictures, and, uh, and started with this short film, you know, never thinking that, I didn't even know about that the Academy Awards had a category, really, for short film. I, I just didn't think about right. it all the times that you kind of watch, you know, that broadcast. And, um, and I uh, was actually, oddly enough, doing the pilot of The Shield. And, and Chiklis said, oh, you did a short. You should, su- uh, you should uh, submit it for an Academy Award. Uh, is sure. that how it happened? Yeah, I'm going to do that right now. I mean, I, I, there were, you know, Ray and Lisa kind of knew about it. I really didn't. We didn't really talk about it too much. And I said, you know what? Hey, guys, this deadline's kind of coming up. This guy that I just worked with, Michael Chiklis, said that they take short films, you know? I mean, it was kind of, it was crazy. But we didn't do it. We did it, you know, as a, as a calling card. And, and uh, we wanted to, to make movies. And, and it was an unbelievable ride. You know, people really responded to it. And, and it, gave, it gave us the opportunity to make, you know, three, three movies, three full-length features that I'm very, very, very proud of. What, so let's just talk, for first of all, that the experience of going to the Academy Awards, because you're basically, you're, you're nominated, so you absolutely deserve to be there. But at that time in your career, you're certainly not as known as the people like the people that you're sitting with at the academy awards and then you're getting up in front of everyone and it was very it was it was so weird man like how the whole thing kind of went went down I mean, we were two years or i think i had just finished the first season of the shield you know when it when it happened so uh so so we were we were there and and uh and we we get this nomination that morning you know it's like on when they announced they didn't announce our names. <laughs> to look online. We found out like ten minutes later, you know, like looking through things online. It's like, oh, oh my god, you, oh my god, we're nominated, and uh, uh, and then you know that month, that just honeymoon period of that experience. It's like, oh my, what an incredible experience! All, even on this level, even for a short film, it's an unbelievable experience to know that you're you're in that company of of artists. And uh, and then we got a call from CNN, who wanted to do a document, like a mini kind of documentary on on us, like on this kind of short film thing, right? Uh, this category. It's like, who are these people? These people look interesting. I, we want to follow those guys. So they kind of came, and and part of the whole kind of following was that uh, uh, we had to get to the um, they had to follow us to the Academy Awards, right? To okay. The, to the actual ceremony, and. We only had one interview for E, oddly enough, uh, on the red carpet. That's the only one that our publicist could guarantee <laughs> us. And the only way that we could get it is if we got there before every single of course. person. Of course. So literally, we showed up at the Academy Awards. All the people were, were, were outside. They hadn't even all kind of arrived, like, like all the fans and stuff. We were the first limo to pull up, and people went apeshit. People lost their mind. And and then the door opened and we stepped out and pe- the, the, the the air went out of the room. It was like everyone, no one even took a picture. They had their cameras up and then they put their cameras down. Sure. And then we had to wait, literally wait for them to assemble the uh, metal detectors before we even got on the red carpet. So we're just sitting there hanging out, exhausted, like at one o'clock or twelve thirty, whatever. Sure. And uh, make our way onto the red carpet. And finally kind of go through, did our one interview. People heard us. People really liked us. 
We wound up doing a hundred interviews, every single person, oh, all shit. over the world. It was one after another. They were like, "Good luck, guys. Good luck." That's good really luck. cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then um, you know, and then I had listened to kind of uh, KCRW, you know, uh, a report on NPR like a week before, and they said if you know if they think you're going to win, they'll they'll sit you on the aisle so that you can kind of get up there quicker. And we, uh, you know, got into the into the into the building, and it was the first year in the Kodak Theater. Walked in, and we were dead center, man. We were right <laughs> in the middle of the aisle. They're like, ah, oh, this probably isn't gonna yeah. happen. Yeah, and I looked at my friends, and I said, look, man, it, it is kind of what it is, and and let's just enjoy this experience. And I was sitting next to Enya. So <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that was that was enough. That was worth the price of admission. And uh, and then and then we and then. You know, we're sitting there and we forget that we're even nominated at one point because, you know, the 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 people that that were winning that year and uh, and um, oh oh my God, now I'm the asshole on your show who can't remember the the most important African American actor of all time that they were honoring that year. Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier, and and Sidney was so eloquent and so beautiful. There's not a dry eye in the room, and our category was up after that. And and we looked at each other and said, well, we're not going to win anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But how do you follow that? Who wants to go on after Sidney Poitier had that speech? <laughs> no, no one. What would you do? And um, and then they kind of came up, you know, afterwards and called out uh, the names, and and it was us, and it was, you, it was un, it's unbelievable. It was it was unbelievable. And you walk up, we walked up on stage, and. Um, and the the faces that you're looking at, you know, these these seminal kind of artists in the pantheon of artists in this business doing what they do. And and Owen Wilson was a friend of mine, or is a friend of mine, and and he was there in the audience, and he just went, "What the fuck? Hey man, what are what? you guys doing what, what up there?" Doing? That's my bad, Owen Wilson. For, you probably have an Owen. You must have an yeah, Owen Wilson. Man. Yeah. Hey man. <laughs> Hey, that was man. really, really good job up there, man. <laughs> I have a pretty good Sam Rockwell. Oh, what's your Sam Rockwell? Sam, hey, hey, man. Hey, hey, man. <laughs> hey, hey, thanks, man. Hey, Sam, why thanks, are you man. you're getting all weird now, Sam? Why do you keep thanking <laughs> oh, me for oh, something, oh, man? Thanks, man. Thanks, no, Owen. what are you thanking yeah, me hey, for? I love that, man. I didn't do anything. I love I'm just that I'm movie, just sitting man. here having an experience, hey, that's a good man. Movie, man. Oh, it's I didn't hey, do hey, anything hey. yet. You mean the dog movie? It was sad. It was a sad movie. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. The dog movie was just that made me cry, man. Marley was it Marley and me? Me cry. Marley. It was Marley and me. I read that book. Did you read that book? You read it. I did not read the you book. Didn't read the book? No. I can't. I have trouble watching sad things. I'm too almost. I'm empathetic to the point of almost being empathic, mm. where I just absorb and I can't shake it. So if I if I watch a sad movie at night, I it it fucks me up so much. Yeah. That I can't go to bed. So what do you do? Like, do you just like, 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 just go to superficial places and like eat superficial? Because like, you, like, literally, the world being kind of what it is today. Because I'm, I'm that way. Yeah. I don't know. There's you can't, you can't really, you can't read a newspaper. You can't turn on the television. You can't. I can't even have a conversation with my my wife, who's brilliant. This woman is is so well informed without feeling the way that you're talking about feeling. Like I I it's like like listening to the carpenters like in your head <laughs> on a loop. All on a loop all day long. Long ago and oh so let's turn on the news. Far away. <laughs> it's I I think, you know, listen, uh I you know, my my work schedule is such and maybe this was 
subconsciously or not so subconsciously constructed yeah. by by me is that uh, I don't have a lot of free time to sit around and think about stuff. Yeah. And 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 then the, and the other times I'm doing comedy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, right. I mean, yeah. you know, I think a lot is that of it. How you deal with it? Is that how you kind of? Sure. Yes, that's how you. Deal and that's with how it. comics deal with it. Com- I mean, it's you know, we have to. I think if com- if there wasn't comedy, I I would say most comics would be clinically insane people. Like they would be <laughs> fucked up. Sunset and vomit, psychopaths, man. sociopaths. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it, they would be. It's it's being able to. It's just our way of processing that that, that information. I think you could say the same thing about a lot of actors, man. I guess so. Honestly, you know, I mean, really, it's to to kind of you know get get this out, whatever whatever this is, kind of in a, in, a, in a constructive way, and get paid for it. I mean, that's you know the best of both worlds, man. It's it's uh it's extremely cathartic to me because I'm I'm the same way. I'm I'm OCD. I, I'm I live with with a certain amount of anxiety that I've I've managed to kind of you know uh, keep away or keep it low grade. Sure, low older. grade. Yeah, that's a good way. You sort of keep it. It's sort of like an app that runs in the background. It is. Yeah, it just sort of it's, it's always running in it's the background. There. Or that you're always kind of like. Uh, you know, I, sometimes I look at it as uh, borrowing against future happiness, where you're like, I'll put off the anxiety, I'll borrow some <laughs> happiness from the future that's definitely got to come, right? Yeah. And then I'll just uh, so I'll just push it yeah. off to the side and push it off to the side. Yeah. And then, you know, every once in a while, it's like, time to pay this time check. Time to pay it, yeah. Uh, and you know, you know going back, it. I have to go back really quickly just to put a button on this Academy Award experience. Yes. So after that whole whatever that was on that stage and then going down to the bowels of the Kodak Theater, coming back up, having a drink, had a drink at the bar. Ethan Hawke was right there, had a drink, toasted him. Ah, da, 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 conversation. I have the trophy in my hand. Holy shit. And I'm, you know, walking around and, and, I, and I go back to enter the theater and I'm just looking down. I can't believe it. I'm just like, I'm in my head. I'm in my head. And, uh, and this, I hear this voice say, oh, wow, what, what, what did you, what did you win for? What did you win? I said, and I looked up, and, and I said, uh, sh- a, sh- a short film. It's, it's called The Accountant. And she said, oh, well, uh, congratulations. Hi, I'm your, I'm your, I'm your senator. I'm Barbara Boxer. I said, I, I, know who you, I know who you are, Barbara. I know who you are. And, and there was a guy off to the left that I couldn't, I didn't even see because I was looking at Barbara, and he just said, congratulations, mate. Right, it's beautiful. And it was Sting. What? Fucking Sting, man. And I was like, you're Barbara Boxer. And you're Sting. <laughs> oh man! Oh my! And I'm sitting here with an Academy Award in my hands, man. It was it was crazy. Where's your guys' Academy Awards? Yeah. Meh. And then oh, yeah. you just instantly turn into a dick. Boom! <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> just go play the guitar, man. Hey, go write yay, some legislation. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Where's your award? Sting. Roxanne, who? Man. You just got stung, Sting. Fucker, and you fucking pop him in the face with the butt. Boom! (laughs) It's yellow. It's a yellow jacket. Somebody better call the police. Oh, wait. You hate each other. (laughs) Oh, my God. Barbara Boxer, and then you... you That's right, Barbara. You throw throw a couple of jabs. Boxer sting him. That's right. What what a missed opportunity, Damn. Walton. Yeah. What a missed opportunity that no one would have faulted you for because you had just won an Academy Award. I could have gotten away with it, couldn't I? If you're going to punch Sting, it's okay in the first 15 minutes after winning an Academy that, Award. That's all. That's the grace period that you get. That's to, what you, you get. You do almost anything. Pretty much anything minutes. you want. Yeah. Anything, yeah. Pretty much anything you want in that moment. Yeah. I mean, it's I, I couldn't even... 
I mean, it, it, I think your your brain must check out for a second while you're up there because it's probably, I would imagine, a lot to, to process. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. It's, there's a lot going on, you know. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. My wife and I kind of talk talk about this uh, about just the, the 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 carnival of life, right? Carnival, yeah. celebrating life. And in New Orleans, we were talking about New Orleans and and what they have there, all of the different things that they have that are festival seasons, you know, and sometimes they're twice in one week. Right. You know, they have carnival after carnival and, and they get to express themselves and, and the absurd kind of nature of of the human existence. Mm-hmm. And and we were talking about like, the award season in, in this city. You know, I mean, there, we have a lot of things in this season, but in, in this city, but but the award season kind of has its own magical kind of quality. Um, for the rest of the world, yeah, if they see it on television, if they give a shit. Sure. But in this city, even if you're not in this business, you know, you're, you're, you're really impacted by it. You kind of see the preparation for it, and you can kind of feel an energy kind of in, in this city. That's a much nicer interpretation than what I think a lot of people I have, know, which is like, shit, oh, this is yeah, a bullshit, these fucking Hollywood yeah, but that's cock. bullshit. Like, re- I mean, really, you know, I mean... It, you know, did did that change my life? I don't know. Does it really change anyone's life beyond, like, the moment? Sure. Beyond what happens in the moment. Maybe you get another movie or two movies after that. You know, I, you know, there have been a lot of people that have won, uh, you know, best actor or best actress, and, and their careers have been what they've been. But in that moment, it was life-changing. Sure. Having a child, is that's life-changing. Right. You know, really. Getting married or getting divorced or having someone die from, you know cancer that that's life-changing yeah it's i mean it, it's not superficial to me it's it's a, it's a celebration of what it is that we do yeah which of course i mean and that's artistic things are very difficult to quantify and you so can't. you you we have sort of weird warped ways of measuring things to go like I guess I'm doing an okay job. Well, I don't know, you know. Yeah. yeah. How well did that thing do? Okay, yeah. I guess that people liked it. Oh, didn't they didn't like it? Okay, I guess they didn't go so well. Oh, yeah. they you know, because yeah. it's very difficult to. I mean, I find I find, um, the, the the people that seem the happiest are the ones that like everything's just kind of a you know like the Will Ferrells of the world. Like, ah, oh, just kind of do whatever I want. Yeah. Oh, you want me to? You want to celebrate that? Okay, great, thanks. Yeah. It, either way, I'm gonna do this thing. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, but yeah. but obviously, um, it just I don't care how cynical of a person you are. Yeah. If you're standing on stage at the Academy Awards holding an Oscar, pretty awesome, You can't. There, there's there's gonna be some part of you that's like, yeah, it's all right. It's pretty fucking okay. It's pretty fucking cool. It's pretty fucking cool <laughs> I'm up just, here. I'm just saying right now. It's pretty fucking cool really up here. Really cool. I've never been to the Oscars. Did the show feel long when oh, you're, you're sitting be in it? hosting the Oscars. I will not right? be hosting you'll, the Oscars five ever. Years from now, you'll be hosting. No, the I Oscars. won't. I won't. I know your empire, man. It's not going to happen. It's on the. It's 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 continuing to rise. Not even on the rise. It has risen and continuing to rise. Even even if I ever got to a place in my career where someone said like, "Do you want to host the Academy Awards?" Which I really don't ever foresee happening. I would never do it because what? no, yes, you. Would. I wouldn't. It is a thankless job. Everyone, it now. Not, not, you know, even when you won your Academy Award, I feel like it wasn't as mean as it is now. No matter who hosts the Academy Awards, everyone's just waiting to be like, "Fuck that fucking piece of shit." He's yeah. fuck. This is the worst Oscars ever. Like, yeah. there's such. 
rage against the Oscar host. And it's a difficult job because you have to be a traffic cop. You have to be entertaining. You have to be respectful. People have to respect you that you're doing it. Like they have to, it has to make sense that you're doing it. And there's this weird kind of stasis that you would have to achieve that I think is nearly impossible because there's so many egos at play. I think that's why a lot of the comedy of the Oscars is always watered down because everyone's too afraid of offending an ego. Right. And so it's not, you know, so when someone does take a shot, like, you know, Seth or Chris Rock or whoever, the people are like, (gasps) you know, come on. Come on, man. It's fun and it is serious and it's a big deal, but we shouldn't take it so fucking seriously. Absolutely. So I appreciate your comment, but I I don't know if I would ever be ready to, for that kind of, uh, for, for, for what comes with that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's weird kind of being in a, in a room or, or, you know, cause there's, there's this strange kind of pecking order and, and like just in, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe plumbers have it. Like, if you got a like a really good, pl- you got an all star plumber. I don't know. But in in this business, kind of what you know, what we do for for me anyway, I I, I presented an award at the, at the this year at the WGA for the WGA Awards Best Documentary Category, right? Mm-hmm. And I walked in and I'm looking at all of these writers and all these wonderful actors kind of presenting and and you know I am where I am in my career and I'm very 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 grateful for it. I have a good life. But I even then I, I don't give myself permission to really improvise kind of outside of the box, you know, because of mean? all of well, I mean, just I, I just wanted to go out there and I wanted to be uh, to say what they had written for me to say, sure, alter it a little bit, yeah, and and just kind of go off. I don't feel like I have permission to really infuse myself into the situation. Oh, right, right, right. Because there, you know, the this guy came up. And said hi, really, really nice, really, really nice to meet you. And I said, oh my god, nice to meet you too, Mr. Gillespie. Da 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 da. I'm sorry, you're, I'm, I'm a writer. I said, ah, I wrote Jaws. And, and I'm, not, you know, it's like, oh my, oh my god, they're, oh my god, this person and this person, this person, this person. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really strange, man. There's some talented people in this world. Well, it, but that's a, and that's a whole different kind of. A lot, a lot of things have to align. For it to for it to play out, like you know, Will Ferrell's always great on those award shows because he's just you know he's sweet and fun and upbeat and yeah. fucks around and doesn't and doesn't care, but is not disrespect. Like yeah. there, very few people I think can really pull it off. But I think oh. Tina Fey was smart to say she would never host the Academy Awards because she just doesn't <laughs> want to. Yeah, just doesn't want to deal with all the crap. But you, so you, you won the Oscar and you did the shit. I mean, you've done a lot of really fucking awesome stuff, and Justified is great too. I mean, to come off, you know, and and I and I hope you do give yourself the sort of gift of taking some of the credit for that. That it's, you know, I'm maybe maybe sort of if you if there's is there an insecure part of you that's like, oh, I'm just so lucky, I'm so lucky. But you sort of made that luck. I mean, you don't go from. The the shield. Okay, you could have been lucky to get the, but to, to get the another show like Justified, and then to make all these movies. I mean, that's pretty it's good, man. I'm I'm very very I'm I'm I'm, you know I, as as with anything in life, at least for me, I, I try to, uh, and it's not false humility either. It really is. I I really truly am 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 grateful for for every experience that I've had. I've also worked really hard. I came here with three hundred dollars in my pocket. You know, I was 19. I left college to come out here. From where? And, uh, from Georgia, from from uh, a little town right outside of Atlanta. And so, you know, I, I 
I was in the desert for a really long time. I mean, I, I did the Apostle when I was 24. Oh wow! You know, and and that was really Bobby really kind of gave me, gave me my shot. I've been working kind of before that, you know, in a number of a number of movies, but really kind of small roles, you know, and uh, and so so it has been hard 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 one. Um, the the thing I don't know if you feel this way, but you know, the thing for me as as I've gotten older, I just enjoy it so much more. I, I really enjoy what I what I do for a living so much more, and the experience on the shield, the experience in television in general, if you're if you're working on something that you really care about, you get to go to work every day, you know, and and do it. And just you get another at bat, and it's just another chance to to dig deeper into the to the psyche of uh, you know the person that you're that you're playing, and to to really kind of create. Subtlety and, and and nuance. I know I know that I'm working. I know that I'm working on stuff that I should be working on when I get really bummed that it's about to end, Absolutely. and super excited when it's coming back. Yeah. And then you know, then I know. Then that's when you kind of know, like, okay, I think I'm I'm in the right thing. Oh, we only have two episodes left. Fuck. Yeah, oh, now we gotta wait another. You know. I know. I know. I know. And we and I had that every day on the on the shield, really for seven years. There, it wasn't a script that we all didn't read. And walk outside of our trailers wherever we are, at almost at the same time. Because as soon as we got the script, we'd say, "Okay, see you, bye." And like sixty minutes later, we would all walk out going, "Holy fuck! Oh my god! Did you fucking? Are you really gonna say that? Are you gonna really say that to him? Are you gonna do that?" Um, and and it was uh, you know, but but it was you know at the end of that seven year experience, what this what this guy Shane you know w- went went through and. And and what they all, what Michael and what CC and Kenny Johnson, everybody, what everybody went through, um, you know, I thought that that you can't you can't top that. You shouldn't look to top that. You know, what 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 is it that you do next? You know, that experience was probably in a box that is very close to my heart, never to be repeated again. Because uh, you know, lightning really struck in that in that instance. I mean, we're all still really good friends. Um, and then, lo and behold, you know, two years later, the opportunity came to, to work on Justified. And as soon as I read this this guy, Boyd Crowder, I mean, he, he was supposed to die, you know, in the, in the pilot. It was just a, a, for one episode. But even even that, like, when they kind of came and said, hey, would you do this? And, and I said no initially. Um, and then they came back and said, listen, we'll really think about it, you know. And it was with Graham. Uh, Yost, who I, I'm such a huge fan of, and and Tim Oliphant. No, what would you say? No, at the beginning, were you like, oh, it's a pilot? And I well, don't know no, if... it was it was a, it was a pilot, and it was also it was a it was a it was a character, at least on paper, that was uh, I'm going to say two dimensional, you know, that that really kind of perpetuated uh, this idea, uh, this uh, stereotype of of uh, Southerners being rednecks. Mm-hmm. And stupid and racist, and um, and uh, and and that you know that is one part of of that region of the country, as it is everywhere else in our country, and and I just didn't want to participate because I'd done it before, you know, and, I, and I've done it. I've made you know I've I've had some really great experiences playing that guy. Oh, I've I've way done it in the past. Yeah, because and because I'm I, I'm from you know as I'm from Tennessee, so I've 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 way done it in the past Absolutely. too. It's like totally sell out the South, but but yeah. it, but yeah. in reality, you know, a lot of parts of the South are lovely and people are very yeah. hospitable and they're sweet and they'll you know 
And it, extremely, yeah. like, uh, extremely sophisticated and extremely world-wise and extremely well-traveled. Some of my favorite conversations, and I've had some, like yourself, some great conversations in my life. And, and if I look back on them, some of the seminal most important conversations I've ever had are, are with artists who are from the South, you know, with a, with a glass of wine, listening to Willie Nelson in a backyard with, uh, you know, a, a fire pit in somebody's backyard in a, in a suburban neighborhood, you know? Um, you didn't build a fucking fire pit. Like, you, you, you dig, you know, a fire pit? Get a couple rocks and a shovel, <laughs> dig that shit up, <laughs> and get four pieces of wood. It's done. Conversation's on. And so I just didn't want to, I didn't want to participate in, in that way. And, and then when we continued the conversation, I said, well, what if we make him this? And can I, will you just let me, let me do my thing mm -hmm. with it? And, um, and they said, yeah, man, you know, go for it. And, uh, and I had such a good time. I was just blown away by the whole experience. And, and it immediately, I, it felt like, you know, this is just a one-time thing, but this is something that I would, you know, want to kind of participate in. This is what I'm kind of looking for. And it was a character that I, I really felt that I could expand over time. And as fate would have it, I got the opportunity to do it, you know. And, and we're, we're four, we just, we have two episodes left in season four. Wow. And, yeah, I'll, I'll, man, 11 years, mate. <laughs> 11 years in television well and the shield too was one of those shows that that was um that was a very pioneering show and because you know in the 80s and the 90s hbo did and showtime like they did as far as like quality cable programming that you started to see like oh okay hbo show them yeah. but you know with the shield was one of the first you know like uh just like basic cable, it was well. It was the the first basic where cable people were like thirteen hours. Oh fuck! That yeah, programmed television and and literally the only other one, Oz Oz was on. I think before even the Sopranos, but it was it was the Sopranos, mm -hmm. which I think they had finished their first season, uh, finished airing kind of their first season when when we went to to air, um, or when we were in the middle of our season or whatever, we getting ready to air, um, and that was it. You know, really, for this 13-episode paradigm, um, I'm sure there are so many people that are listening to this podcast that will say, you know what, that motherfucker doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> well, that's, this, that always this, happens. Yeah, of course. And that's so always going to happen. all those people, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's always going to happen. The, you know, I, I, I think that, um, that it was really the, the Sopranos and then, and then the shield right behind it. You know, we were at the forefront of this 13-episode serialized character arc story paradigm mm -hmm. and and now it's just you know it's just taken off like wildfire and and thank god for it because the content on television is so fucking good man the actors are so so good and um and i and i'm just so grateful that i've, I've been able to kind of touch it you know and, and and kind of be there in some ways since since kind of the beginning and it's been good but also you know it's I think it's a good lesson for anyone because I don't know how anyone is just an actor. That to me sounds terrifying, vacuous, and yeah, yeah, terrifying. Ter in what way? Terrifying. Terrifying in like the paying, sense paying that your bills. Like how the fuck am I? Gonna, well, sure, I'm an actor. Paying but. your bills, but basically you're also, you know, it's it's 
like I, I was always my whole life. I was always going to do stand up because I love comedy. Yeah. But the other thing about it that was satisfying to me was that no one could tell me when I could do the thing that I wanted to do. So with acting, yeah, you can go to classes or you can do, you know, you can right. do theater, yeah. um, you know, so you can kind of you can keep that running. But if you really want to act in film and television as well, you can't just do that. You have to wait until someone <laughs> says, you look right for this and your reading isn't is good. And so yeah. you should come in and do this. And and so it's to sit around and wait to be chosen yeah. is is so that's I have, I just get anxiety thinking about it yeah. and I and I hated I hated when I just went on auditions and but did you have that in, in I mean did you do you, I mean you have to get permission from a, like a comedy club like a comedy club to kind you of do I mean yeah you do, do yeah I mean you're, the, once you st- and you, once you start building your reputation how does that how does that work well did you start in Tennessee I'm sorry I'm gonna ask no you no ask question. me whatever you want no I, I I'm in Tennessee I lived in I lived in Memphis my family moved around a lot but I lived in Memphis up until Freshman year of high school, wow. my parents had split up. My mom remarried. We, my stepdad and my mom, we moved to Denver for two years. I went through my Cold. junior in Denver. Cold. Much colder. Uh, although Denver is not as bad as, like, you know, the upper peninsula of yeah. Michigan. Yeah. But uh, it, it's <clears throat> but it's lovely city. Senior year of high school, stepfather gets a job offer in Los Angeles. We moved to L.A. I stay here. I go to UCLA. So I and, – and that's, you know, that whole time I was obsessed with comedy mind since the 70s. And then in college, I start toying around with stand-up. There was a comedy group there, and so we started do, I started doing stand-up. And then, and so that's where it started. That's where it started for me. Um, I did not start doing. There's not. There's really no. There's no stand-up in Memphis that I can find. Right. There's not really a stand. Like some <clears throat> cities are have good stand-up karma. Atlanta, Georgia. Like Georgia's great. You know, you Georgia's have you have Caroline's there. You went. have a uh, Laughing Skull there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the uh, oh my god, what was it called? The punchline. Yeah. Back in the day when I had my fake ID, it was like where I would take pretty ladies to impress them, right? Because I had a fake ID at like yeah. fifteen. And uh, really? Yeah. Dude. And it worked. <laughs> it worked. Because you're a young looking guy, so you even... think I'm a young looking guy? I really? do. You got your young looking guy with like an a young looking guy, man. Why? The the forehead. Something about the face just comes out. It's like. I have a 3D fuck like a 6D face. <laughs> 6D. It, it, it like just comes into the fucking room, man. Like a good like two minutes before I walk in, you know. It's so fucking full. Walton Goggins <laughs> now in 6D. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't. You think I would? I want to take that as a as a compliment. Yeah, because yeah, because I can't good. imagine because when you're fi- when you were 15, you probably I, I imagine that you probably looked 12 when I you were 15. I had a really good ID, man. I had a great fake ID, and and my I, my favorite name at the time was uh, uh, Garth Snyder. <laughs> Isn't that weird, man? Like, because I met this guy named Garth, and I thought, man, that is the coolest fucking name. So you Garth. had a fake ID made. I had a fake ID. I mean, I didn't. Yeah, I had it made. Like they were, you know, like they're they're uh, 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 young capitalist. Yeah, you know, in every small town. And uh, and there was a day that he was going to be in my small town, and he reached out through like one of the cool guys uh, to to get like twenty people together, and you have to come up with the money, and and we did it. God and, damn it! See, that is a much it, better man. way. That's a much better way. Well, especially 
Well, in the 80s, there were still some places that still had like paper IDs, like like oh, like yeah. where they were where the driver's licenses. I guess they were laminated at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. and not like credit they were cards. Laminated. Yeah, they were um, they were laminated. But, uh, it was just the side of a fucking library. God card, damn it! Man. You know, because when I was uh, when I was in college, I, I mean. Even after I turned 21, I still didn't look 21. I still looked, I mean, you know, yeah. when I when you're young, that's the bane of your existence. Like, I'm, I'm older than, stop it, stop it. I remember some girl, when I was like 15, I, I asked her out and she sort of like, huh, you know, like she rubbed my face or something. I was like, you don't even shave yet. I'm like, why is that a prerequisite for a... <laughs> fingering um i didn't say that i wish i had that, that probably would have caught her off guard she would have been like all right let's make it happen but uh but she would have said i i admire your moxie uh but that no one no woman ever admired my moxie when i was growing up but my fake id was a hand-me-down from basically just a white guy and so just a white just your average just white an average dude. white guy and we looked nothing alike i have very pointy features he had very bulbous features and i think his name i think the id was like matt bellflower or whatever you and could be a Matt Bellflower. I could be I a Matt Bellflower. You actually could be a Matt Bellflower. I could be a Matt or a Steve. You could be a Matt or a Steve. Yeah. 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 Matt, Steve, Chris. Yeah. And so um, the idea. You, you are a Chris. I am a Chris. Wait a minute. I could be a Chris. So it didn't work. I, I was afraid to use it. There was a hierarchy of bars in Westwood yeah. that I knew, like, they're tough on IDs. They're okay. So we went to this one place called Los Panchos, and everyone who worked there was Latino. And so. I think that made it easier because we uh, white people like culturally yeah a lot of us probably look very similar if you're not of our the, the our culture I think it's just sort of a biological thing that we yeah. all have that you know that people of different I think it's a they so look you, at us and they, they all look the same we all look the same yeah, yeah. um or maybe it was a guy who said look he just felt sorry for this like white punk that was <laughs> just had a date and he just wanted a margarita. I guarantee you the Latinos in Westwood did not feel sorry for the, <laughs> yeah. for the white punks. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, because it was a shit show of obnoxious Caucasian college oh. students like fucking shit up um, uh, and not respecting an honest day's work. Yeah. But uh, but I think that, um, you know, so two things. There was that. And then this bar was also kind of. Um, it was it was kind of tucked away somewhere, so they were just a little looser. Like yeah. it was sort of hidden. Yeah. So they were looser with stuff. But I do remember one day they questioned it, and for some reason, I argued it. You did. I was like, "That is me. That is me. Here's the address. I'm from Santa Rosa, California. I come in here all the time. This is ridiculous. Like I I did the fucking classic white guy. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> Who do I need to talk to? It's like that fucking piece of shit guy. Love that guy. And it worked. Yeah, it worked. They were like, "All right, shut up. Sorry, Go in, man. <laughs> Sorry. Whoa, easy. Calm down. But for two dollars, for five dollars, they had dollar beers and they set all this amazing like homemade Mexican food out. And so you could feast on incredible wow. food and wow. get dollar beer. So for five bucks, you could get super buzzed and yeah. get and eat a lot of delicious. Mexican See, like food. like during those times where you you know you just like we had no we had no money, you know, not like nothing. And and I would you know meet my my buddies out, and we would always go to Mexico. We would start at a Mexican restaurant, you know, same reason because you could get like a pitcher of beer or whatever. And and it was they wouldn't let you sit at the table like at the table. Unless you were gonna eat, you know, or uh, they wouldn't let you kind of hang out in these kind of Mexican restaurants we went to back in Georgia, and so so we would always 
we were always so hungry, we were starving, but they wouldn't give you chips and, and sour cream unless you were going to have dinner. So our line was, yeah, you know, it's just two of us. We're, we're meeting three other people. They're on their way. You know, they're, they're, they're coming. So we just really need some chips and, and some salsa and, you know, some sour cream and guacamole. That would be fantastic. We're not going to pay for it because that's part of the dinner. <laughs> right, right. That's part of dinner. Like, right. the, you don't give chips. I mean, this is a Mexican restaurant. That's what you fucking do, man. <laughs> give me my fucking chips. Where's my chips and salsa? Yeah, and, uh, and so we would start, start there, and as soon as we had filled up on chips for free, that was our dinner. We'd say, ah, you know what? Our friends didn't come. Oh, that sucks. We, told them, the, we told them the Rancho Grande on da-da-da. That's hilarious. That yeah, was very, very Well, funny. this is probably not hilarious though, to the man. restaurant. I, I think... Uh, uh, yeah, I, it's fun to sort of remember because now it's so easy to get caught up in stupid shit where you're like, oh, I didn't, you know, this one thing happened as a job or that guy said that thing or I didn't win this thing that I wanted or I didn't get that thing. And and, and when you really think back, like I, rem- I remember there was a place in Westwood called Headlines and it was a fucking amazing burger joint. Wow. And if I, I would have to save up to feel comfortable like going there for a meal to get their burger special. If I if yeah. I could do that, like the entire day was a win. I'm like, oh my God, I saved, I can go have this fucking burger and these curly fries and a shake that I love so much. What was your what was your first paid gig, man? My first paid gig was as an adult. As I mean a, when as I was a, a, as, a com- as a comic. As like, a or as a performer. It was um uh, it was a show called Trashed on MTV was my first uh was my first like paid paid gig did you as you audition for that? I did audition for it. Yeah. yeah, I auditioned for it. It was a fluke that I I got that they even had called me in cuz I didn't have an agent or anything. They just yeah. I'd been a contestant on another game show and they were recycling their contestant pool and then they were like, "Man, would you want to host this one show cuz wow. you want or do you want to audition cuz you you know, I had snappy white guy energy." Yeah. So it, it, well, a DJ like that's DJ energy. D- DJ, DJ energy is snappy white energy. Yeah, I guess I did have DJ energy. I was like, Early hey, on. you know, like fucking whatever. Like you know, it's yeah. funny. I I definitely have two separate. I was a super nerdy kid in school that was completely socially ostracized, but for some reason, instead of instead of becoming afraid of people yeah it made me i guess because i was because of my obsession with stand-up comedy it made me perform harder and so i had no problem like you know talking in public or being loud or being in people's faces like or did you kind of grow out of that out out of that uh uh, was there a period of time in kind of high school where you were really kind of quiet and kind of introverted and and then you kind of no no i was always kind of obnoxious and 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 i mean it of the it, it's sort of like, do you remember Sixteen Candles? I love it. Okay, so An- Anthony Michael, so guy. so Farmer, so Ted, so Anthony Michael Hall's character is like, he's he's sort of the cocky, like he's he was nerd cocky, yeah, and it, and no one ever took him seriously, but in his mind he was super. Yeah, I was that kid, so I was sort of like, <laughs> I you know he was like I'm kind of like the king of the dipshits, like that's how I was in school. I was it's like I was the one in my friend group. Who would who would say things to people, and everyone else was you know afraid to. Wow, um, you were a leader. You you were a leader. I, w- I I was in a sense looked b- up to, but I couldn't uh, only because I would make shitty sarcastic comments of people yeah. that were horribly filthy. Yeah, I couldn't back it up with physicality or anything. I uh, think you could. I you know 
I don't know. I'm, you may have some secret moves. You never know, man. There's, thin, there's something about thin, wiry guys. <laughs> you never know. You never know, man. It's like, it's like uh, still, one of my favorite quotes from, from any song is, I don't know karate, I know crazy. You know? <laughs> what song that's, is that? That's uh, James Brown. Oh. I don't know karate, I know crazy. Uh, that's what uh, that's what white guys have on their side is yeah. is the the skinny white guy. Skinny you gotta white you gotta, you gotta look out for him. What's skinny he white dude? What's he hiding? What's he hiding? Oh, yeah, but he's quick. How were you in high school? You know, I I mean, I I was you know I had a lot of I was I was second runner up or or was not runner up not second runner up runner up most friendliest. Oh. Which I was fucking pissed off about. <laughs> which I got really fucking angry about. Who are those cunts who made me yeah. fucking run a rock for friendliness? Second, dude. Second, really? I say hello to you motherfuckers every Whose day. Whose dick do I have to suck? Literally. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then for that particular senior superlative or whatever, they they did away with best dressed, mm -hmm. which I was told I was a shoe in. And then that particular year, they decided not to have that because they they felt. You know that that well, and they didn't have it. It wasn't on the fucking sheet. They're really testing your runner-up to friendliness. They really award. were. They were because I thought I had those two in the bag, and and I was so and I, I was really pissed off. I went down. And I said, "What the what the fuck, man? <laughs> you see this? You think I wanted to wear this fucking yellow jacket all year? This is like, why you didn't on. win friendliest, Walton. That's right. That's why I didn't win. So, but and then they they said this. They said their reason behind it, which is you know there are less fortunate people that that can't afford. I said I am the less fortunate mother <laughs> person. I'm that fucking dude. <laughs> Half this shit comes from Burlington Goat Factory, but I'm rocking it, man. <laughs> I'm fucking rocking it. The Burlington Goat Factory. Come on, buddy. I had like, man, like in the. I put I put beads on my. I I, I broke down. 15 of my mom's Mardi Gras beads and glued them on my socks in like the seventh grade to be like Michael Jackson. I had fucking the parachute pants and I would wear them with red underwear. Like I just, I, I just kind of was that kind of guy. You know what you are right now? You're a hipster for bedazzling. I was doing it before <laughs> it was a thing. That's funny. <laughs> No, I so I, I had a lot. Of, I had a lot of friends in high school, and we had a we had a there was a there were a group of my boys, my guys. There were like five of us, and uh, and we were called the fellas, and and that was just us, the fellas. And we had this thing, man. We had this thing. It was so fucked up, where you know, if if within within the five or six of us that were a part of this group, we would lie to other people. You know, we would kind of do fuck with other people. But if we were fucking with each other, and and someone really wanted to know the truth, like, hey man, did you fuck my girlfriend? <laughs> Did you fuck my? Did you come on to my girlfriend last? Like when you were, even if you were drunk, did you come on? Mm -hmm. And if the other guy said no, I didn't, and he would say that's bullshit. Tell me the fucking truth, man. Did you say something to her? As long as you said FH, man, FH, fellowship, honor. <laughs> wow. FH, I did not. I did not try to sleep. That's with your girlfriend. that's where you. The, the, that's the that truth was, serum. That was the truth serum. But it was all bullshit. Like, no one, everyone fucking, as soon as they were caught in a lie, they would just say, F-H, man. <laughs> F-H. So the system and broke still, down. you know, some of these guys are, some, like, my best friends today, man. I've known them for a very, very long time. So the so fellas are really, still together? The band is almost together. Okay. We get together sometimes. We don't We don't call ourselves the fellas anymore. Maybe the fogies. I, I don't know, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you have 20 years before fogies. Yeah, you have 20, you, 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 you have 20 good years before official fogie yeah, status. Yeah, but but it was good. You know, I... I um, I don't know if you get like this. I, I've always been this way, though. 
I am an extrovert. I'm an introverted extrovert. Uh-huh. You know, I really enjoy people. I enjoy new experiences. I'm a very curious person. I like um, I like to expend a lot of energy and 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 in every whether it's talking or whether it's listening you basically just described what took me four minutes to describe about myself in high school you just condensed it with i'm an introverted extrovert that's exactly what that was oh good that's what i was that's what i was trying to get to but you uh you as a wordsmith have condensed it into two words where i was like and then i would say so one day the margarita in the mexican lot at the mexican restaurant one day i said this thing in front of people but then other people yes they're introverted extrovert yes okay perfect and so then therefore you you balance that at least i do i have to balance uh my time with other people with my time alone Mm mm-hmm and it's very, very, very important to me. Um, I, I don't know that I could go out in the world and um, and be engaging, or like really listen, like be the person that I want to be, unless I kind of have uh, time to, to 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 myself. Yeah. And uh, and it's interesting. I tell you, becoming a, I'm a father. Oh well, well, I'm that way at work. Yeah. I don't. I haven't eaten with the crew or my other actors. I haven't eaten lunch with people. In probably 16 years, I go straight to my trailer, and that hour is kind of my time to go back down and to be very quiet, very thin, and I close my eyes. And, um, and it's just kind of my time in order to kind of go back out, you know? And that was one of my greatest fears about becoming a father. Because, so, hey, yeah, you just played with me, and now, now what, you want, you want to go fucking write a book? You want to go read a book? Like, <laughs> I mean, come fuck, on, man. What are you doing, man? No one else is here. I'm hungry, dude. Do you know who you're talking to? I was runner-up for friendliness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so it, uh, uh, that was, it was hard. It was really kind of hard to get used to the fact that you're responsible for another human being, and, and they're always there. So I've been able to really kind of, uh, uh, kind of modulate my energy expenditure do you do you have brothers and sisters i i i have a half brother okay i have a half brother did you grow up with your half brother no i didn't didn't so you grew up up as an only child yeah i was i was an only child me too my parents were divorced since i was three years old yeah dad went this way mom went with me this way and uh and so no i i was an only child and yeah so it's an only child syndrome it's an only child syndrome which is fucking awesome it's an awesome syndrome (laughs) well it is i mean i don't know if it's always awesome for other people because i feel like it's we, I think only children, sometimes we feel entitled to things that people who are part of larger families are like, what do you mean you're going to go be by yourself? Oh, well, yeah. I just need my time. Well, fuck you. Yeah. You know, you yeah. need to be a part of this group. No, no, I need, you know, like yeah. we, we, we grew up and we're sort of conditioned to feel like it's all about us. Yeah. Well, what's, what's, you know, the flip side of that, it's not like just entitled to, it's, I can be by myself. And with you know certain women that I've been with, they're very uncomfortable with that. They're like, well, what do you mean you can go? You're just gonna go like to a movie by your, your, yourself? You're gonna you're gonna go on vacation like for six weeks by yourself? <laughs> See, I, I like think, you're gonna do like yeah? Oh, all yeah, right. Absolutely. I think I, I I've I've done that to. <laughs> I've done that to my current girlfriend, but on the other side, I don't. I think that's. Yeah, I, I'm 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 the dude who does that. Where she's like, I think I'm just gonna go to the desert for a couple of days. I'm like, by yourself. <laughs> so you're not a true introvert, extrovert. No, you are. You are. But that's that's a part of. I I love it, man. I I really, 
I go away when I travel. Like if I'm doing it for myself, I go. I take off for six weeks by myself. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm out, man. I'm I'm done, and I'll communicate with you know a few people now by email. Uh, you know, well then by email too, but it, it, not by phone. I leave my phone at home and and just take you know take off. What are these words you're saying to me? Leave your phone at home. Come on. Come on. Come on. Do you do you do you have your how close is your phone to you at all times? This right here. Where is it? Where's my phone? Oh, there it is. Give it to me. Give me my phone. <laughs> Damn it. That got outside you, the three-foot radius bubble. Dinner. What's your etiquette for, like, uh, conversation at dinner? Is it, do you ever, is phone on the table? Um, well, when the girlfriend and I are going out, you know, like, well, I actually, I just put the phone on the table just because it's lumpy in my pocket. Yeah. So I'll just take it out and set, and set it on the table. Yeah. But, um, but I do know that, you know, uh, if it's someone that I'm really comfortable with and, you know, I'll, I'll yeah. sort of check, you know, but if it's not, yeah. if, if, if it's someone that I don't, you know, that I'm, that's new or that I'm trying to, you know, I certainly won't have my face yeah. in, in my phone. I mean, you look around a restaurant now and you just see a bunch of people doing. Fucking everywhere, man. Yeah. Everywhere. Do you, do you, uh, are you like, like, like a self-acclaimed kind of nerdist? What does that, what does that mean for, um, kind of, uh. Computer accoutrements. Do you do you have like like do you have the 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 new small uh, iPad? The iPad Mini, yeah. iPad Mini, yeah. I, I do. <laughs> you answer that. Yeah. The iPad Mini, yeah. yeah I have, yeah, I have that. Um, yeah, I, I just like gadgets and toys, and I've always liked gadgets and toys. And um, do you carry? Is there a series of things you carry with your? Oh wow! Wow, that's a big bag. I mean, look, uh, he's not the only one with a man person. I'm telling you right Here's now. Here's the MacBook Air mine. here. Here's the MacBook. Here's Air. the iPad Mini Here's right the here. iPad Mini. Here's a little Kindle. Little Kindle. Yeah. Wow. Okay, There's a little Kindle, fantastic. and then of course the front of the bag has all of the cables that charge or tether these things. Uh, here's a fun thing that I'm gonna start playing with, which is a, um, it's a moleskin. That uh, it, that works with Evernote, which is a, a note-taking program. So basically, you can write your notes in here, and you photograph your notes, and then uh, they become searchable text. No. Yep. That is a moleskin. That is a moleskin. Uh, yeah, a mole. Uh, the, the, a, pad, yeah. A, a writing pad. A moleskin yeah. writing pad. They call it a smart notebook. So then, can you erase on that smart notebook? No, no, no. It's not like it's not like that. It's not like digital ink. Okay. It's it's a notebook. You're it's writing, notebook. you know. You're writing, yeah. like uh, like apes have done for years. Yeah. But uh, but you can just photograph the notes, and then it it it, the it paper that digitizes. Them. Yeah, wow. yeah. It pro- it, it, you photograph the notes, and then you can import wow, those into Evernote, and then yeah. So then uh, the front. Well, now my bag is kind of like a purse because I'm I've been staying at my girlfriend's a lot lately. So you know, toiletry bag, toiletry but just tons bag. of cables, tons of charging cables, in here. Yeah. Um, and then the front of the bag is a medicine cabinet because I travel a lot. So you got your Imodium in there if you need it, your Pepto. Yeah. Do you do a little Lunesta? Do you do like any, uh, with all your traveling? Do you Lunesta? Do like a, a sleeping pill? The, the sleeping pill you take in moth form? I was, <laughs> just imagine, I was, just imagine you basically just get this film of these moths that you pull off, these Luna moths, and you just, oh, they dissolve on your tongue and you fall, you go right to sleep. <laughs> no, I can't take, I no. can't take anything because it, uh. I'm too sensitive. Can you sleep on a plane? Can you sleep on totally. a plane? Totally. You can. You're yeah. out. Do you are you a good sleeper in general? No. I'm a fucking great sleeper. You're a very lucky man. I'm a very lucky man. Like to the point where like 
with and I've always kind of done this, but with my my wife at night, kind of uh, when we're talking, there will be a point where I'll say, "Honey, I've got ten seconds left. Nine, you got to finish it up. <laughs> hey, I'll count it down." And I've literally like say three, two, one. I love you. Good night. Turn over and I'm out. And I'm that's, done. That's like amazing. That I can fall asleep okay, um, but I do find if I'm gonna get if I'm gonna get plagued with anxiety. It's between the hours of four and five thirty in the morning. That's a tough. That's a tough. Where I will wake up. Period of time. I will wake up after four hours of sleep or so, and just be like, "What if I have cancer?" You know, like just the word. Like yeah. my brain is trying to process something. Yeah. I think there are hormonal things that have to do with circadian rhythms that affect anxiety. That at yeah. that time of your sleep pattern, it just it's just right there. Yeah. It's yeah. the worst. Anxiety is way worse at night. Do you can you go back to sleep after that? Um, sometimes I will have to get up for a little bit to distract myself. So yeah. I'll go up and do a little bit of work. A lot of the early Nerdist stuff was built on nighttime anxiety. So I would get up in the middle of the night and write, just to be able to go be tired to go back to sleep. Wow. So people would get emails from me. They were like, "Do you ever sleep?" Because you could get an email from me at nine p.m. or six a.m. or three thirty in the morning. Or, wow. Wow. Yeah. Are you? He has a problem. Chris has a problem. What are you talking no, about? Like, Everything's like your, your fine. Friends are like, yeah, what? no, he has a problem. <laughs> These emails are coming in all it's, over the what place. What is he doing? What is going on with this guy? I think he's a murderer. <laughs> Only murderers are up at those hours. <laughs> Do you? How's how's your? Is your wife cool with if you go? I need to go away by myself for a while. Yeah, yeah. She is. She you know what? She's. She like good. Been, go. Yeah. She's no, no. She's like you know really kind of understands. It's kind of part of part of uh, kind of who I am and. But we've it's it's obviously changed, you know, having a having a child, and because I don't want to be away, I don't want to be away from him yeah. for for that long. Uh, so so and I and I've gone away for work and and I, I was away. Uh, I've been kind of away for the last couple of years, man. Really, you know, other than doing the show. Where's Justified shoot? We're here. That's oh, in Los okay. Angeles. But um, as soon as we kind of wrapped, you know, uh, luckily I've been in a, uh, been in a position to kind of take off and do a movie and. And and it's hard because they haven't they haven't gone with me yet, because he's you know I mean he is his age and and he just is so into his routine, and and I just kind of come home like every uh, every weekend or every every kind of couple of weekends really kind of regardless of where it is in the country I just hop on a plane um, but uh, but I'm gonna take a trip this year somewhere um, yet to be determined for three weeks I'm gonna go for three weeks, and and I can't I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. I think when you when you do go off on the mini sabbaticals, you have to say something really obnoxious like, you can't cage a lion, baby, and then just walk out. <laughs> and then, of course, you have to peek your head back in and be like, I love you. I love you. I love you very much. I love, I you. love you. I'll, I'll call every day. I'll oh, every day. I I'll, have, I'll have it on me. I love you so much. Neck. Oh, my God, please don't leave me. If you ever left me, I'd fucking kill myself. This <laughs> lion would eat himself. This lion would eat out his own fucking dumb lion art for you, baby. Do you want me to chew it out now? I'll fucking chew it out right now. <laughs> um, oh my god, I can't be without you. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's. Uh, That's my new bit, codependent lion. Things gonna be really big this year. New character. Um, we, I think, just in the last handful of minutes we have in the podcast, I would, I would love to. This one went by really, really fast. I know. Can I say that. I know. Like really quick. It just flies by. Yeah. Because you're just you're a great conversation. Stop. We're just having a conversation. We're having a conversation. We're just having you know, like this is we a, really are. There was no I have to say this for all your listeners, I'm sure other people have said this. 
There was no conversation with Chris before this sit down. There was no agenda. There were no questions. We decided as soon as you showed up, we're ne- we're gonna just do the catching up on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> it's nice. And I have your number now. You have it. Like in the instructions, text Chris. You could just call here. me whenever no, you I've wanted, and we could Boom. go. And you know, you don't have a lot of time either. But you, because now you have a family. But if, yeah. but you know, you're certainly welcome to. If you're having lunch one day, just shoot me a text, and if I'm free, I'll come. We'll come have lunch. Deal. Of course, we have to record it because conversations but aren't worth having. Maybe we week. should do this, man. Honestly. Okay. We need to get together, and. If you can't find your old fake ID, let's just make a new one with the same <laughs> name. And <laughs> see if it works. Flower, and go to a Mexican restaurant. They're gonna be very or, or hard. Let's, let's do this. Let's okay. Let's do the next the next evolution of fake IDs. Okay. You and I. Yeah. Are gonna create our own fake IDs. Okay. Saying that we are over sixty five and go to the arc light. See if we can get a new discount. <laughs> okay. So I'm uh, I will be Matt Bellflower and you're Garth Snyder. Garth Snyder. Um, do, I'm do, gonna go 66. Are we gonna make any? Are we gonna make ourselves up in any way? Like we should come up with new names, man. We should just do. We should create comp- like like whole new identities, and and go in it like you know. I may go for 80. What? No, that's no. The, I'm gonna you, go 66. Now right? you're just yeah. 66, 66. Yeah. I mean, 66 is 66 not plausible is to begin with. 80 is like, come yeah. on. But uh, if we, but if, but if we are as emphatic as you were in that Mexican restaurant, we're like, it's me, man. If we do the white guy argument, it's me. But, but that is me in that ID. But here's, you know how that's gonna backfire? How they're not gonna question it. We're gonna be like, do I look sixty <laughs> six? Like it's yeah. gonna backfire so hard. You know this is fake, right? And then we'll be telling them we're yeah. doing a bit. We're clearly not sixty six. Yeah. No, it looked fine. What do you mean it looked fine? Yeah, Fuck you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> We're walking to the theater. Was, was that two dollars really worth it? You know, to feel this way? I just feel bad now. You know, you look good though, Chris. <laughs> All right, man. I should get out of here, man. This has been a real pleasure, buddy. This was fun. I want. I want to have you. You know, you got to come back on because I would love for you to talk a little bit about the idea of this is sort of where I was going earlier about not just being an auditioner, where you said I'm gonna make my own stuff, yeah. so that I, you know, I mean, there's something about. You know, a certain type of person will say like, yeah, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll try it the system's way, but then I'm also going to do my own thing as well. Yeah. 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 And, and we, you know, we, we, we did that, uh, because we didn't want to wait around for that phone call anymore. It wasn't, it wasn't, that wasn't enough. Um, or in some ways it was, we, we kind of didn't, didn't think about it either in the sense that. I think creative people create. It's what they spend their day doing. I, I can't really walk through my house without repositioning a, a pillow or looking at. Like, I have these things, these tablescapes, you know, that are kind of all over my house. <laughs> I don't really watch a lot of tablescapes sports, with I, Walton tablescape, Goggins. That's kind of what I do, and I'm constantly uh, fidgeting with things because I, I, I like I like pretty things. I like to see visually to be stimulated by the things of, are around me and. Uh, and I think the same thing kind of applies to, you know, to, to, to my life in, in other areas. And that was when we got the opportunity to do this. And we reached out to, to friends to raise the money to do the short film. It was in $50. It was like a Kickstarter before a fucking Kickstarter. Yeah. You know, that's what you do. You reach out to people that believe in you. And it was from, you know, 5000 here, or, uh, you know, $500 here or $100, whatever it is. And we so we had these investors and... Um, and then they believed in, in, in us and what we were doing. And, and we went out and made this movie. And it was not a question, really, 
that we were going to make another one, however long it took us to do it. Um, uh, so I spent really the next eight years. I didn't. I mean, I would do another movie if it was you know short and I was asked to to do it. But I, I spent really my entire time on the shield doing a season of the show and then going into a, a, you know one of our own movies or wow. you know, prepping and and it was you know it was just an extraordinary that's experience fun. that's really fun and it really I, was what did you learn as a what did you learn as a producer how did that inform your performance like how did it inform your approach to acting well I, you know you wear <clears throat> you wear every hat when you're when you're making an independent film you know I, from craft service to 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 sound <clears throat> to to gripping to you just do what needs to be done in order to get it done. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I have a great understanding and a great respect for all the artisans that, uh, that we work with on a daily basis. I, I, I know how hard they work um, uh, and because I've, I've been up close with them and stayed just as long as, as they have. And and also as a producer, you have a real understanding of of what those things fucking cost. <laughs> no, but um, but but uh, uh, so 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 that has really kind of like I see whenever I work now, I don't just see it from my own kind of narcissistic singular perspective. I really see it from everyone's perspective and mm-hmm. understand kind of the DP and his agenda and and the cameraman and his agenda and the grip and his agenda, like. I really kind of see it from from you know multiple angles, and and I also it's it's debunked the myth, like the that the emperor has no clothes that 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 what we do is some great mystical kind of experience it, that that you have to go to the mountaintop and it's for a select group of people. No, it's not. My fucking kid is a better actor than most of the people working today. <laughs> you know, I, I see it. It's like he says, "I'm I'm having tea." No, you're not, mate. That's a stick. That's a stick. <laughs> you in should your not hand. be drinking a and stick. And like literally, he will touch a pine cone as as if it's hot water, like hot water in a can, and pull his finger back and scream. Like that's you know that's that's the power of imagination, and that's what we all have. That's where we all come from, um, as as human beings. So, um, I'm, uh, you know, to get to 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 do that uh, for a living always really scared me even when I would get work when when I was working it scared me because I, I thought it was an experience that maybe Al Pacino and, and Robert De Niro you know <laughs> and 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 insert icon here get to experience I, I would never really get to experience that um, but you know making making these movies and understanding that no this is a fucking shot we need to get this shot and then move on gave me permission to give myself permission to go, no, you can access it. Yeah, it's you can access it right now, right here, and um, and that's you know been one of the greatest uh, liberating experiences of my life, and um, and I'm and I'm just so grateful for it. And the the other thing that 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 it's taught me to do and given me confidence to do is is my belief in myself when it comes to story. I'm not a writer. I'm a I'm a very good editor. I'm a very, very good editor. I understand story. I understand what people are trying to say in their story, and I'm able to uh, to, to 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 be over their shoulder, or or if asked to give them advice, uh, whether they take it or not. It's 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 a it's a perspective that that my close friends really respect, and and that and that feels that feels really good. And and I couldn't have done that without kind of making you know making these movies. And and I, and I'm and I'm not done. 
You know, I'm, I'm, I have a, a television show that um, I've, I've um, um, been working on with a friend of mine, and we've sold it. And, and oh, congratulations! Uh, yeah, yeah, and we sold a, a, my my partner and I sold another one that he actually did went on to make that's coming on uh, on the Sundance channel. It's the first original scripted programming on the Sundance channel. What is it called? Rectify. Okay. And um and and I was kind of attached to be the lead to it, but it didn't happen at AMC. So I took Justified and now it's on at the Sundance channel. And it's something that's very, very special. So man, I hope to be directing a movie maybe even this summer. Oh so, cool. So I'm um it, it's a part of my life now and it's just a, a fluid kind of uh way to, to create. Uh, this has been a wonderful catch-up chat with really you. It really has been. Thank you so much for coming in. We're just kind of building from here. This is really kind of the conversation that we never really had. Not in 13 years. That's right, man. Well, then a lot of the a lot of the blanks would have been, wouldn't have been filled in yet. So yeah. we had a lot to. There was yeah. a lot to catch up on, but. But let's absolutely hang out just as, <laughs> as socially <laughs> as Fake people having a conversation. Fight. It's a real pleasure to it's see you. It's good to see you, Olin really Goggins. You, you too. Man. Congratulations. All right, man. We're gonna we're gonna have another awkward hug. Mm. Oh, enjoy your burrito. Oh, no. oh, oh, really weird. Really nice, man. Really weird. Oh, good God, hug. That's, oh, it's a little too hard. Oh, for this, let it go. Just release hard. it a little bit. Just breathe. Just breathe. You're still activating your pecs. I'll let my abs go. <laughs> now leaving nerdist.com enjoy your burrito this episode of the nerdist podcast is brought to you by legalzoom.com whatever your legal document needs llc's wills trust trademarks and more they've got it over 12 years and 2 million americans have used legalzoom start your business or protect your family today at legalzoom.com using the offer code nerdist Hey listeners, it's Will Arnett. Our podcast, Smartless, has crossed a milestone that seemed unfathomable when we started nearly four years ago as we've just released our 200th episode. Join us as we welcome that dynamic duo of hilarity, Steve Martin and Martin Short. You've seen them on screen together in The Three Amigos, Father of the Bride 1 and 2, and most recently, and Only Murders in the Building. Both are comedic geniuses in their own right, but together they are always electric. And this episode of Smartless is no exception. I don't know if I've laughed more in a single episode than this one. We discuss their career arcs both separately and as a comedy team, how they met, who is more difficult to work with, and what motivates them today. Is Steve a better banjo player than Marty as a singer? Find out on this bicentennial episode of Smartless. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Plus, you get to hear Sean cry. What a loser! What a loser!